everyone, this is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing in life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. You can check out my interview with Estella Rasmus, who wrote Writing That Gets Noticed. We had a great conversation about personal essays. You might have listened to it here. Anyway, it's there on authormagazine.org, and we are funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. Supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. To learn more about the PNWA, please go to pnwa.org. Got a return guest today, Susan Zarenda. I was interviewed her for Bells for Eli, her debut novel, and she came back for her second novel, Girl from the Red Rose Motel. Oh, it was a good conversation. Uh, Susan, well, that first book, it did all right. She taught English for 33 years at the college level and at the high school level at a, to uh, AP students. But her, her debut novel, like I said, Bells for Eli, it was a gold medal winner for Best First Book for the Independent Publishers Book Awards, a Forward Indie Book Award finalist, a Winter 2020 Okra Pick by the Southern Independent Booksellers Alliance, a 2020 Notable Indie on Shelf Bound, Unbound, a 2020 finalist for American Book Fest uh, Best Book Awards, and was nominated for a Pushcart Prize for 2021. Uh, she has also won numerous awards for her short fiction, including winning the Southern Carolina Fiction Prize twice. Her second novel, The Girl from the Red Rose Motel, like I said, was just published. And yeah, we had a great conversation about a lot of stuff about literature, stories, people, human nature. Yeah, all that good stuff. I'm so glad I get to share it with you now. Enjoy. All right. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. Susan Zarenda. Susan, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you, Bill, and thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's good to have you back. Now, our listeners may or may not remember you from when you visited me for, oh, no, I've forgotten the name. Bells for Eli. Eli. All right. Bells for Eli, which one or two years ago, yeah, came out? It came out the week the pandemic was declared in March 2020. Oh, you poor woman. That's right. I published a book when that started, too. I had just come out with one. It's a tough way to launch a book, isn't it? It's It certainly is, especially if it's your debut. And yeah. Not known. Well, I'm glad you didn't let that experience deter you. You're back with book number two, The Girl from the Red Rose Motel. Uh, but let's back up. Uh, we've probably been over this some, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, you're, you spent a long time in this book, to some degree, The Girl from the Red Rose Motel draws upon, I guess, your experience as a teacher, you taught high school and some college too, yeah? Right. Mostly, I taught most of my career in community college. In the last 10 years, I went to um, high school near me. Actually, my daughters went to that high school, and I, I taught my last 10 years there. And they were, ironically, I guess, because you'd think, oh, you'd prefer to be in college. But but they were my favorite. They were my favorite years. They were trying. They were challenging. But they were still my favorite years. Okay, tell me why teaching high school is a good idea. <laughs> it seems like a <laughs> terrible idea to me. But, you know, okay, my wife's best friend teaches high school. She loves it. So, okay. was, you know, well, obviously it could be done. But talk to me about why you well, love it. And, it. and it can be just really 
a grueling. Okay, I, my, the first four years I was out of college, um, I was a mere child then. I, I taught high school, and and it was a pretty grueling situation. But I was very fortunate. Um, the last ten years of my career, and I had twenty years in between in community college. But those last ten years, I went to the high school to teach the twelfth grade AP English, and those young people, smarter than I am. They were smarter and they kept me on my toes, at least some of them. <laughs> they wanted me to think they were smarter anyway, and they kept me on my toes. And I just really enjoyed, I just really enjoyed them very much. And then I had, which is kind of the inspiration, uh, one of the inspirations for the novel, my fifth class was called Reading Strategies. And those were young people who had failed the exit exam for high school and could not graduate. And so I had... A, a kind of, for lack of knowing a better word, bipolar life. I had, you know, the 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 top kids who where education was valued in the household, usually fairly well to do, comfortable families, um, and then these young people, many impoverished, and certainly education not valued if for no other reason than when you're struggling with poverty day in and day out, education is just not a priority. So I wanted in the novel to see what would happen if I brought a young person from the top uh, socioeconomic and education background to a young person at the opposite extreme and bring them together to see what would happen. I think that is a great premise. And as I was reading it, I was thinking that it's an interesting experience to write about something from two perspectives, which is there's you, the teacher, and that's what you're more used to. But at some point you were in high school. I was different. But yeah. is it so much? I don't know. When you think about when you write, were you thinking more as yourself looking down on the children or are you trying to revisit yourself as a teenager? What were you doing? Well, I mean, maybe both. I, I mean, I taught so many young people over 33 years that I, I hear young, you know, I hear those voices in my head and it's sort of interesting because, you know, they, fads come and go, culture changes a little bit, especially pop culture. And certainly from when I was in high school in the, in the seventies, but here's the fact, human nature never changes. And that, and, and what young people, who they are, who they're trying to become, what they're trying to figure out, how they're trying to identify I don't think it changes no matter what decade you're in. And I um, don't, I mean, I certainly don't think I could have written this novel realistically had I not been a teacher. But, you know, sometimes folks ask me, oh, are you Angela Wilmore, who is the teacher who has a point of view in the novel? And I, I'm not. Um, she's a lot nicer and funkier than I ever was. So maybe <laughs> maybe she's my alter ego. You weren't a nice teacher? I don't believe Well, I think I was stern. And, and I was one of those that if I, you know, got thank you notes, it was sometimes after in high school, that is, after they got off to college and realized, oh, wow, I do have to write an essay. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you the thing that got I me. Mean, I, I dropped out of college because I just just I just I knew it wasn't going to fit for me, but school wasn't hard for me. And one of the reasons school wasn't hard is I was a writer. I just I was a writer from a young age. And so much if you can read and write and like actually write, you know, what was alarming to me was when I was I, I interned at a TV show when I was 15, a little a local TV show. Right. I had to answer the viewer mail sent from adults. Oh, boy. And all I got to wake up to what the world was actually like. 
that being able to string a sentence together, I, I just granted that to grownups. <laughs> it is not yeah, the case. No. It is not the case. No, it was your gift. And and yeah, and, and when you and, and in teaching as long as I did, of course, I certainly had young people who had a, a, a natural inclination, but I had a lot of them that just struggled with writing. And even if they had the ability, some of them were still very resistant, just oh, didn't want to do it. I, I, I'm a writing coach. People come to me, pay me money, who are themselves <laughs> writers who are not writing who are blocked, who are scared, and they love to write. These are people who are skilled at right. it, and yet they're not right. doing it. So there is something unique about the writing experience, and perhaps you've gone through it too yourself, where you love it, but you fear it, and you love it, yes. but you fear it. I don't know if you've experienced that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Was it, was it Dorothy Parker who said, you know, the, what she loved was having written? Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's just a great mantra for me. <laughs> oh, I, really? I love having written. Wait, but... I've heard this and I always push back because I'm like, okay, I get it. But you wouldn't do it if there wasn't a moment when you lose track of time and your characters start, isn't, and don't, isn't that actually the very best when it's it going? Yeah. Otherwise, why do it? it was, you're not, you don't know you're in the, the world around you because whatever our subconscious is yeah. simply is feeding through us or traveling through us and coming out in the fingers. And that is a, that is a fine, fine thing. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. I tell my students, it doesn't get better than that. There are other things that are as good, but it will not get better than that. That's life at its best. <laughs> I agree. I in agree. my experience. Um, so you mentioned that, and I think it's really true, that while fads change and how people dress and relate to each other and how they, whether they have phones that look like computers or not, this all changes, but human nature doesn't. And it seems relevant because if you're a writer and you're telling stories, really, aren't you writing about human nature? And, and isn't that ultimately what every story is about to some degree? Always. always. Right? I mean, at least, at least in my understanding, or, or the way what I want to write is to reveal, however small it is or whatever, some significance of, of what it means to be human. Yeah. Do you Do you go to discover that? I mean, that's an interesting, I, I, I totally agree. I That's why I do it too. But do you think, what is your inspiration for that? Do you think about the moments in your life where you felt like you understood why you were on this planet a little bit? Or do you, how do you tap into that feeling of the value of being human, the reason for being human? I mean, I think what you just alluded to a, a moment ago is I think maybe perhaps I do write to discover it when I'm developing characters and they're, they're coming to life and they are taking on their own shapes and, and personalities. I've learned a great deal from my own characters. Again, I know it's my subconscious. I know it's somewhere. Wow. deep. I'm not, I'm not always totally aware of it. And, and I like Sterling, for instance, one of the main characters in the girl from the red rose motel. Um, he is based on a, a group of eight young men I taught one year who called themselves the crazy eights. And they had banded together in junior high or middle, middle school, it's called now. And they were very smart, very arrogant, very self-assured. And they set out from the moment they were middle school forward to terrorize their teachers and anybody else in their path. And I had them when they were seniors 
the guidance counselors knew it. They kept him separated. <laughs> and I and I called him the hateful eightful, and that's the epithet I use in the novel. Well, Sterling, I think of as an amalgam of those eight boys. And yet, as Sterling's character developed, you know, I realized the the sort of troubles or demons, if you want to call them, that that lived inside him. You know, what what makes you be the way you are? And I began, Sterling began to tell me, you know, why yeah. why he acted out sometimes the way he did. Had something yeah. to do with parents, something to do with his child, you know being bullied in childhood. And and those are things you discover um, as you're writing it, or I do as I'm writing a character. And, and we do then our understanding of what makes us tick or what makes us do what we do becomes clearer to me through my own writing. Yeah. You can't it, fiction writing. I even, I do memoir stuff, but fiction writing for sure. It does make you look beneath the surface of, of people. Like you can't, because everyone's doing something for a reason and it's yes. never, even if they're being what we would call jerks, they, there is a reason for it. There mm -hmm. is a, there is a, and it's not just to be a pain. Even if they're being a pain, they think they're doing it for a reason. And a good reason is right. everyone is the hero of their story, really. Right. And, and in real life, somebody being a jerk may not really fully know why he or she is doing that or where that's coming from and even this is I mean I I really believe this that even if that jerk went to a counselor and tried to pour his or her heart out as fully as possible that might not you know there's just things down in there that you don't know and you don't understand about the self sometimes but when you're a fiction writer you get to go down into the heart and mind of a character and understand every little bit there is. And, and also in real life, people aren't always willing to reveal. No, you know, no, what's no. there. But in fiction, you, you get just as deep into humanity as, as I think is possible. If you had to, if you were summoned to go teach a, 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 a English class for some reason, now that you've written two novels, yes. do you think you would teach it differently? Wow, that's a great question. You know, may, maybe I would pay a little bit more attention or make the students more aware of how, you know, that old, you know, uh, stereotypical thing to say that the fiction is truer than life. Right. That that it really does allow us to understand ourselves in a way that sometimes we're just not even capable of doing in real life. Though I, though I did, I think to some extent do that when I was teaching, I, I really believe that, that literature is, is probably at least for me, the, the best teacher. It, it's all of life rolled in. It's, it's history, it's philosophy, it's psychology, it's sociology. Yeah. And you, you, you get, if you, if you want to, understand how to how people work then I think there's no greater teacher than literature and I I was I was a big champion of that when I yeah taught. you know I, I ask in a way because I remember when I was a freshman in college and I really I mean I had I came from a high school it wasn't great high school but I was a pretty bright kid that I liked to read and write and I was kind of advanced in that way so okay off to college and I'm taking a, liter a literature class 
and they were you know breaking down the wasteland and you know mm-hmm. the odyssey and stuff and the the writer the creative writer in me thought no 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 don't do this just <laughs> enjoy it and it'll mean to you whatever it means to you I, so i would i would get into these tussles with my professors i knew they i didn't know what they how they could do their job if they weren't doing what they did but the creative writer in me thought we shouldn't we shouldn't be analyzing this yeah. we shouldn't be like just yes. does that make sense cuz i thought it it, uh, it makes complete sense and yet i also think in there's I, I think there's value in analyzing because as as readers and as becoming better critical thinkers um we're thinking about how we know what we know if if a character is a certain way or we, you know, we ask ourselves the question, well, how do we know what we know? And then that helps us in life when we come across people and circumstances. Well, how do I know this? Or why do I think this? Or am I making a wise um, judgment here? Or yeah, that makes sense. But But I understand what you're saying exactly too. You just, you want to read it and feel it and experience it and not have to do the it's it sort of like it's sort of like well it's over now i can move on but i you know i get this we have to read it you have to find some way to have a class around it and so you've got to talk about <laughs> it right you can't just say okay did you like that good uh, here read this next one Although, but you've got to have the experience as an author now you and you write the kind of books that if people have book clubs i i hope you've got a chance to, to be a part of a few of those if not a lot of them but if you've talked to any of your readers it's always interesting that you start learning like they every they bring themselves to that book and, and they should bring themselves to that Absolutely. book and it kind of belongs to them at that point. Absolutely. I right? agree completely because we, and just like we are in life with people, you know, we all have different maps of the world in our heads. And if, if you and I get to know the same person in real life and we all of us are friends your your perspective or relationship with that person won't be exactly like my perspective or relationship with that person because we're you're we're unique and we do the same thing with characters in fiction and circumstances in fiction we we bring to it who we are um, That's which right. is wonderful and i always say the a, a book is not complete you know yes you've got a writer and yes you've got a publisher but but you're only three quarters of the way there you know you've written it it's been published it's not finished it's not finished until a reader comes to it and and finishes the art 100% agree that they and and most readers have no idea the work they do on that story the amount they bring to it yes. in fact we we rely on their imagination so much to fill exactly. in and we because we want them to use their imagination so that it comes to fully to life right, right. Yeah. It's a weird thing. They think it's in the book, but it's not. Everything that's happening is happening in them. That's just lines on a page. It actually can't do anything to you, right? Right. That that world is it's becoming their experience, whatever it is. And I know you. This happens to you with readers, and I'm I'm sure you enjoy it too. But I really, really enjoy connecting with readers, and um, when you know, finding out what stood out in the novel for them and why, or why they got upset with a certain character and not with another character. And then another reader will say something yeah. entirely different. And that's that's all part of the art. It is. And what's interesting is when they talk about what they got from it, to me, it's like it's it 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 feels like the story is alive because 
it does its own thing with diff- it isn't a set thing everybody yeah. having their own experience means that they bring it to life and it it's out of my hands in this way that i think is way more exciting than me having tight control over it exactly exactly yeah. so that's why that's why literature it's is just it's just a fine fine thing it's true it's also you know i like to watch a lot of stuff uh with cuz you can sit with somebody while you look at it you know and so on that's nice and you can share in the experience much more but reading is such an intimate experience it's so personal to you it's why i don't know about you but i am fussier about what i read than what i watch like i'll watch stuff that i would never read but i'll say oh, I can. Okay. but if i i can't get two pages into the kind of stuff i let myself watch sometimes it, oh, exactly because when you're watching probably it's escapism you know you're just yeah kind of, you're just i mean at least I mean that a lot of what we would watch on on television today is 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 primarily just a wash, so to speak. I mean, we're just escaping or unwinding. We do that, yeah, unwinding, relaxing. We we got to do that. But when we read, we are we are in that story with them yeah. because we have to create it. We have to visualize it. We have to smell it. We have to hear it. We have to create it with the author. I think. Yeah. Oh, it takes a lot of brain power. It does. Takes a lot, but I think it's why we all like it. I think it's why all writers are usually readers first because it's our first experience of writing. So, okay. So I know you wrote a bunch of short stories and stuff before the um let is it letters from Eli? I'm sorry. No. Bells. Bells for Eli, right? Um, but so this is novel number two. Uh, do you are there more novels in Susan? Is she going to stay with it? I don't know. I I um am am considering um, fictionalizing the life story of a young woman. Well, she's she's forty three now. I consider that young. <laughs> whom, I, whom I met um some time back, and we we we've zoomed, and I've interviewed her. She has um, it's a it's a very difficult life. She her mother forced her into marriage at age fifteen, and she had wow. a very difficult life for a long time. And just some experiences that are so foreign to me that I, I, just, I mean, I've never been to a rattlesnake rodeo. I don't know what that is. Nope. And so I've I've learned so much about sort of other places and worlds that I I never knew. But she she has come out of that experience and she's thrived and she's a happy. Um, well-adjusted person to date, which I find remarkable, and she's forgiven her mother. So I just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I, I I like her story. I like her, and um, that's what I'm considering. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I wonder what how that will go because there's so many different ways you could deal with that material. But something is you somehow or another her story has inspired you, got you thinking about life exactly, differently. Exactly, and I would never. I mean, I'm. I would not ever attempt to do an as told to memoir. I just don't feel like that's my place. Nah. But when I, when we, you know, when we were talking with each other, I said, "Look, I'll think about and consider fictionalizing your story, but you got to think about what that means. It means some of these things you tell me are real, and some of them will be complete fabrication." And right. so she said, "She's good with that." So we'll see where it goes. But she doesn't want to write the story herself. No, I, I don't think she feels like 
she's got the background or or whatever to, to it's do a thing that. i'll tell you uh, also someone does it writing memoir is interesting because writing fiction helps you prepare you for memoir in a lot of ways but mm-hmm. when that person on the page has your name it can it's it it's a nice that when you write fiction, you can really put a distance between yourself and the characters if you right. want. And and I think you need to put the same distance when you write memoir, but it is much harder to do. I'm much sure. harder. All your grievances, all your complaints can come out and it makes for a lousy story, weirdly. So, uh, yeah, it would be hard to do. It would be hard to do, I think. Well, all right. So who who knows what's in, in store for Susan? But always good stuff. Always interested. And so uh, you've gotten to, have you gotten to go out and it, this was released in September, you said, yeah? Uh-huh. Okay, yes. so it's been out for a few months. Have you gotten to talk to, now have you actually got to be somewhere physical? Yes, I've actually been in person on tour. Uh-huh. I have put, I'm, I'm, I don't even know if you're supposed to admit this. I've put over 10,000 miles on my car oh. traveling to events. I'm home this week, but I'm back out on the road next week, headed down um, to Atlanta and some surrounding areas. So I've, I have really, um, I, I've stayed mostly in the South where sure. I am right now, but I hope, um, and I'm going to slow down after Christmas. I'm, I'm going to stop being on the road five days and home two days, but, but I hope after Christmas too, I might go a couple of places outside the South. I am impressed because did, were, how much of these events were you the organizing force behind and how much was your publisher? Because I would guess, a lot of them were you, probably. Yes, because I have a university press. Yeah, they don't they don't do that much usually. Right, right, not much. <laughs> but I, um, after I retired from teaching for five years, I worked part time. We called it part time um, for a, a book publicist um, who's actually Ooh. in the town where I am. And, and in working for her, of course, I, I met a lot of folks and made a lot of contacts, talked to a lot of. So I, I was able. And, and they, you know, kind of know who I am. So I was able to set up a number of events myself. And uh-huh. um, and I guess I, I just um, I just went all out because I guess because I never really got to be on tour with the first novel. I, and I, I do love to meet readers. That's my favorite part. Well, and you got to hope the readers show up. Yeah, and that's true too. I mean, books, books, I mean, there's so many authors and, and bookstores are inundated, you know, with requests for authors and there's just so many, you've got to really, you got to really work it, you know, to get say more than 10 people to an event bookstore. So, I mean, I've had a couple of events that maybe haven't had um, more than 10, but, but most of them we've had you know, more like crowds of 20, 30. Hey, that's great. 45 at one bookstore. So that that's, was really good. No, that's fantastic. Congratulations. Oh, you see people. <laughs> but that's, but that's, do, that's, you know, that's getting the word out too. And that's, you know, me getting the word out because the bookstore owners don't have time to do that. No, 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 no. They would love people to come, but they can only do so much. Well, exactly. good on you. you. Hear that people? I'd be willing to <laughs> You got to be, you gotta be to your be, own best advocate. You do. You really do. And it sounds like you are good on you. All right. So the book is The Girl from the Red Rose Motel. Even if you don't live in the South, you can read it and love it and feel like you're there. And uh, whether it's cold or hot, it doesn't matter. You can read it and enjoy it. Susan, but all right. I'm not quite done with you, Susan. I don't remember what you answered when I asked you this, because maybe your answer has changed. Okay. Uh, I ask all my authors the same question so think about all the writing you've done now to this point in your life now that you're an author officially 
And if that writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? It's taught me to be more introspective. It's it's taught me to look beneath the surface of people in real life and not to jump to hasty conclusions, but to think about who we are is where we come from. And I don't just mean place. It's everything inside of us of where we come from. And so I think, I mean, I, I knew this from teaching literature for so many years, but when when you create characters yourself in their circumstances, you know, you become much more aware of of the the full breadth of, of humanity and not looking just at least I hope that's true for me, not looking just at the surface of people. Good answer. Good answer, Susan. Hey, it was <laughs> great seeing you. Good luck with the rest of your book tour. Oh, thank you, Bill, so much for interviewing me. It's just been a delight. Well, so... <laughs> Well, of course, I agree with Susan. Of course, it teaches us about being a person, what it means to be a person. It makes us look deeper into the human experience. Always a good thing. Yes, it is. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. Thank you, my friend. I want to thank all of you out there for listening in. Thank you for listening in. And listen, you know, beneath the surface is where you find what you really are, what you really love. So if you want to Know who you are? Well, no better place to look than what you love. So go find something you love to do and do it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.